Welcome to Hope Renewed, the podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for connecting to Hope Renewed, the in-depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. I'm Tom Jameson, and along with co-host Sean Nemechek, we explore the issues and challenges pastors face and help cultivate a renewed hope for healthy ministry lives. Sean, we are excited this uh, episode to have with us Dr. Jim Amandis. Uh, Jim is uh, recently retired from pastoral ministry at the Highlands Community Church in Seattle. Is that right, Jim? That's right. But still continuing uh, in uh, reaching out to pastors and perhaps more than anyone has a unique story of pastoral restoration, of renewed hope. Uh, in his life. And Jim, it's it's a joy to welcome you. Welcome, Jim. Yeah, it's great to be with both you guys and whoever's going to be listening to this. I trust it can be encouraging, not only, not only to the guys, but also for those that are married uh, to their marriage partner. Uh, Jim, just share, if you would, just kind of a, a brief version of your, I'll call it your PIR story. Yeah, it's it's a it's a story filled with uh, pain, um, disillusionment, and and then what became what became hope um so i was uh see 29 years old and had um uh, moved from oregon where my where i had been pastoring a small country church um and and went down to southern california to pastor a church uh really for where my wife and i were very close to where we were um uh raised uh, and where we met and and got married uh, family, extended family were in that area. So we were really excited to get down there. We were there for about five years. And then uh, co- I experienced conflict, conflict, which I initiated uh, with the elders of our church. Uh, in other words, I what what happened, and I don't know how much of, of my story you want want on the detail of this but i'll give you i'll give you the you know kind of that high level mm-hmm. and then um you know we you can get or ask for for more detail sure. but uh, sure. uh in our church there was a, a a single uh excuse me um a young married family um and his wife had mental illness and she in turn divorced him so as a single man uh and a father of uh, three boys uh he wanted to be involved in in the singles ministry, uh, which uh, he had already been involved in the singles ministry. Long and the short was elders talked about it and decided that he shouldn't be in the singles ministry. I thought he should, but I was tasked to tell him that he couldn't. And I met with him and I didn't. Um, my own my own issues, which were and basically what it was, I lied to the elder board. I told them that I had told him I had to, that I had explained the message, uh, but I hadn't. Um, underlying that, which I only learned later as I began to do the work in me, um, was I had a profound insecurity and deep conflict avoidance, uh, in me that resulted in, in conflict with the elders. And from there, the conflict did not resolve well. Um, even though I admitted what I had done, um, we didn't, and I say we as an elder board, we did not handle it well when I look back. Um, so for six months, I think it was about six months, three, four, five, six months, I was on um, probation 
uh, was not preaching in the pulpit as we were trying to work things out, it appeared to me that they that that was not going to happen. So I so I resigned voluntarily. Uh, but when I resigned, <clears throat> I also resigned from the ministry. Um, we sold our house. Uh, I moved my wife, my my three kids, uh, in with my parents. <laughs> I uh, found a, a job position with um, one of the major insurance companies and was uh, beginning training for that when my dad took me aside and said, Jim, don't do it. Uh, you have a heart and a calling uh, for the ministry. And I can feel even now as I'm talking about it, the emotions are, they're just right below the surface. Uh, one with what I was feeling at the time of, um, of betrayal, disillusionment. Uh, towards the organized church. I love Jesus, love the word of God, love people. Um, just didn't like that leadership environment. And then, and so he said, don't. He said, just take more time. Um, so I so I did. The next day, my best friend called me up, said, I'd like to introduce you to the pastor of my church. Um, he has uh, a new ministry that he has started. It's called Pastors in Residence. It was Dr. Chuck Wickman. I'd like to introduce you to him, can I? And I said, well, first of all, it was church, and it was I would have to meet with the pastor and the elders. Mm -hmm. um, so that context with my background, that was not something I wanted to do. Mm. Um, so I asked him, I said, how many, how many pastors and residents have there been? And uh, could I talk with one of them? He says, well, <laughs> <there aren't any. laughs> this is, this is a, this is a brand new ministry, but once you hear the story from Chuck, so Dr. Mm. Wickman gave me a call, uh, explained how he, what really what had started this out of his own doctoral mm. uh, uh, work and research and what he had learned about at that time, the number, oh, it was, it was epidemic, if you will, of, mm -hmm. of, of exiting pastors uh, in major denominations, all major denominations. I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, what he shared. I had my story, but to hear that was um, was even more alarming. Great, Chuck was so gracious. Um, the elders were incredibly accepting. Heard my story. Um, reached out to the elders uh, in my previous church, and created what became what I became the first pastor in residence uh, for with Dr. Wickman and with uh, with the church. Um, so I did that for six months. And Jim, I, I, I just, I wonder um, just how transformative that was. Um, even, even just the, the moment of, I'd like you to talk to my pastor. Uh, the moment your dad said, no, you're not going that direction. Uh, the, the small things, I, I mean, can you remember in your heart, what it felt like to be hearing those words and, and suddenly opened up to different possibilities than what you were seeing at that time? Yeah, uh, Tom, that is a great question. When my dad said to me, you're called to the ministry and you're gifted. Those were words I had not heard for quite some time in the context of conflict. And I, I had lost mm -hmm. any faith any confidence in me and in, in my own anger um, had put that onto the local church. Mm. So I, it, those were words that uh, held, allowed me to hold. 
my despair didn't go away. That'd be a lie to say that those words just took it away, but they, they held it. It helped me hold and contain the despair. Mm -hmm. Chuck reached out to me. Uh, my cynicism, he, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, love and grace, right? Uh, the truth and compassion mm -hmm. um, held my cynicism. Uh, and it was in short order um, as I experienced not only Dr. Wickman, but, but the elders, that what they said mm -hmm. is what they did, and it was safe. And being in a safe place allowed me to name my shame. Mm. And, and that, that seems to be at the, at the very heart of the whole PIR process is that creating the safe space it is. to do that, that kind of work. It's powerful. Jim, what, what types of things did they do to create that safe space that, that allowed you to kind of overcome some of the resistance I'm hearing you talk about uh, in your own heart? That's such a good question. It's, it's one that's, as I look back, I don't have a full answer to. Uh, one that as we started uh, the pastor residence ministry at our church and over the years, I've puzzled over what, what is it? I know what people say is very similar to what I experienced. <clears throat> um, and I would say it this way. When I met Chuck, I saw on his face kindness. And when he, when he spoke, he spoke with truth. He, he didn't uh, minimize. Um, he stepped into the hard issues, which allowed me, which invited me. If I was willing to go there, it invited me to, to go to that place where I would name um, my, my own issues uh, that were true in my life, as well as the context of, of pain and dissolution that I'd come from. Um, and that, that to me was, was the biggest challenge, how, how to create a place where a, push, a person is invited, not pushed. They're inv invited. So it's an invitational environment that mm -hmm. is, is set. And then it's up to the, the person um, who's coming in, uh, in this case for myself, uh, mm -hmm. to come in and the spirit of God using that in the messiness of all of the pain, the confusion, um, to bring, begin to begin to bring clarity. Hmm. One clear conversation followed by another, followed by another, um, and then resources that were available. Yeah, you know, we talk about PIR being a process, not a program, because I don't think you can program that kind of environment. It's something, as you say, it's invitational, but it has to be received. You, there's risk involved mm -hmm. stepping into that. And ultimately, it is a work of the spirit, uh, both in the church and in the, in the life of, of the pastor. So you, you mentioned bringing the PIR process uh, into uh, your church, but we're missing a little gap in the story there of, with Chuck. So what was your PIR process like? Well, I'm Tom. I mean, you and Chuck, you're at, you're asking the, the pointed questions because when I first stepped into the church, what I was thinking was, well, you want cheap labor because <laughs> because the church didn't pay. There was no money subsidized mm -hmm. from the church. So I that was my question. What's the angle? <laughs> there wasn't one. And, and so I asked him. I said, "So, what's my ministry?" And he said, "It's your healing." Hmm. Wow. I said, what? 
it's my healing. I mean, I can do this, 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 and this. And he goes, he, he saw enough to know that I was a workaholic as part of, was part of my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, and a piece, a significant aspect of my character flaw. Uh, he saw that, but the PIR as a whole, just that it's about healing uh, and creating a safe place for that to allow. And he told me, he said, you know, at some point you may want to, he asked me, he said, do you want to be involved in ministry? I said, not really. <laughs> <laughs> he said, great. You don't have to just come and heal. And if wow. at some point you want to do something, that's great. But if you don't, that's great too. And I, I just, the power of those words, even in my life, hearing them, it, you know, it's making me think, oh, what a gift of grace. Great. Just come and heal. Uh, what yeah. an invitation for pastors. Yeah. It's, I mean, wh- where is that in the ministry? Yeah. I mean, ministry is, it, it, I mean, it's so filled with what we do mm-hmm. with so many demands pulling us in so many directions um, that so many pastors, myself included over the years would, will work hard and be very intentional in creating places of our, for our own self care. Mm-hmm. But it's not uncommon for a pastor to to lose that. Yeah, uh, the the demands of ministry, the expectations of ministry, um, the the pulls, the you know, just what it, the wear and tear uh, of ministry uh, pull us away from from those things so quickly and so easily. So you were were in the process um, at Chuck's church. When did you sense a? a kind of a, a change uh, of your attitude toward ministry. Yeah, thank you. Uh, man, that, that, that was a point in time for me uh, with guys I've worked with who um, little did I know years down the road would, would become a part of our pastor residence ministry. And I had the privilege of paying it forward. Uh, some had those moments like where you could just go, this is it. Others, it was just kind of a movement. Uh, but for me, uh, Chuck saw that, uh, and we talked about my, I was a conflict avoider, deep insecurity. So he gave me a resource. Uh, it, was, it was kind of like a, a, a seminar class program um, to both listen to, interact with. Um, there were, and I just, when I saw it, I said, I need that. Um, and so I went through that. And as I went through that, I began processing um, my, my crap. I mean, the stuff in my life that was, was, was ugly. And, uh, I would also quickly add, I didn't process all of the ugly stuff in my life, (laughs) but the the stuff that was right at the top, if you will, kind of the cap of the, of the iceberg that stuck above the water that really I could see. Mm -hmm. Um, so as I worked through that process, the healing, oh my gosh, um, and the tools that I was receiving, uh, met with a counselor. They made a counselor available to me. Uh, a counselor was wonderful, helped me process this area um, that I had never processed before, which is my responsibility. Uh, I, I knew it was there, I, but I didn't make the choice to get help for myself. Um, and now I was in an environment where that was being made available to me. So I took advantage of it. And I, when I finished that class, it was like, it was like it all 
in this area of my life, it came together. Conflict avoiding um, was not was not something that plagued me going forward. Uh, it was something that was there, but I knew it. I could name it. I had tools to work it forward, and and that was growth. And to be able to know that I could lead and not put myself in a place of fear, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 for a self image that goes, I think I'm going to fail. Um, to know, no, there's a there's other ways, healthy ways of working through conflict and it can, it can be hard, but healthy. Um, I saw that. Wow. So it, it, it was more a self-discovery than a church discovery. Like, Oh, the church changed and I can go back there and more of a, Oh, I've changed and I might be able to go back there. Yeah. I, you know, I, <clears throat> everyone that's involved in, in conflict and I know you guys and probably those that are listening have experienced when you're involved in, in conflict, um, there, I mean, everyone has their own responsibility for what's theirs to own. So, uh, and I needed to do that for me. And what did you do with the pain from um, your exit from the church? So my, another aspect of my character flaws, uh, the fight flight syndrome, I've always been a fighter. And unfortunately, I'll say unfortunately, I remember once listening to Chuck Swindoll and him sharing his own personal testimony of how he was a fighter and he was moving, I mean, with all of his energy away from God and then God intersect, intersected his life and turned it around the same energy that was there harnessed by God's grace moved him in a positive direction. Um, so to answer your question, uh, through that time I was angry and I was ready to fight Mm-hmm. But I was in conflict because I knew enough of biblical principle uh, regarding conflict resolution. Plus, I was a conflict avoider, right? So it was, it was like <laughs> the perfect ah! storm. <laughs> all right, what do I do with this? So I. So what did I do? I pushed it all inside. It was all inside. And sitting with Chuck, sitting with my best friend, my wife, with Chuck's wife, Faith. Um, and I have to add, you know, that element for my wife. This was not all about me. Um, this was about us. And then it was about her, um, mm-hmm. that it helped her because she was carrying her own, her own pain, the pain of watching me, um, experiencing my anger. Um, so that process over six months of, I'm going to say it, it's, it's so surgical that only the spirit of God can do that. You create the environment for the, and then to agree and to allow the spirit of God to work in my own heart, my wife in her own heart, then to see our marriage. It's the, the, the peeling away of what Satan intended for evil, mm-hmm. what the destroyer meant to ruin and to discredit God for that. Like Joel said, what the locusts have eaten, God can restore. And does it by his spirit. Yeah. And, Really, it's the Spirit of God that gets the credit. Well, it sounds like having those safe people with whom you can process the pain, uh, knowing that, uh, number one, they're they're not going to say, well, how can you feel that way? You should never be in ministry. You know, there's not that. I, I think oftentimes for pastors, there's that fear that if they truly say what they're feeling inside, um, they're going to be disqualified from ministry and 
kicked out and, you know, lose their identity uh, in that. So having safe people with whom you can share that and then process that with you. Very, very much so. Not just for you, but it sounds like uh, your PIR experience was just as beneficial for your wife. Because I know my wife, she carries a lot of the pain that, that I experienced, maybe even more so than, than I did. Could you talk about how, how this ministry blessed your wife? Yeah. I, I mean, if she was here with me, <clears throat> uh, she would say that she was missed in the process. And there, and there is some truth to that. We were the first PIR. But the other hand is the church was small. Uh, this was a church plant that uh, Chuck, his wife, and the elders had, uh, had stepped into. So getting to know people, experiencing community was, and my wife would definitely identify that. Uh, it was a drive for us to take our three kids. It was like a 30, 45-minute drive on Sundays to go to church. Um, so afterwards, we would go to our, so my best friend was in the church. We'd go to uh, his house with his wife and kids, and our kids all knew each other. So that there was some things that were happening that, again, not a part of the program, but a part of the context that was helpful and healing for my wife. In, in light of that, when we started the pastor in, in residence, uh, we had, we kind of had our notes uh, of as my wife and I, as we talked about where, what could we do better? Uh, what could we be more intentional around in, in, in inviting, creating an environment that invites the wife um, into, into her own healing. Mm. And so it was a learn, it was in retrospect, it was a learning opportunity for us. Was it helpful for her? Yes. What was it? Community. I think also seeing that I was in a place that was safe. Yeah. Oh, that was huge. I'm sure. She had women she was talking with within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, le- when you leave a church and every exited pastor knows this, when you leave a church, you're leaving your church, you're leaving your job and you're leaving your community. Very, very few positions or professions are like this, that when you leave, mm-hmm. um, you're, you leave every aspect, if you will, major support system that is available to you. You up and leave kids, new schools, right? Mm-hmm. Um, their friends are gone. So for my wife, um, and myself, uh, that, that was a, that was a huge impact. So just stepping into a church, I realize how do you create a community that invites that? Then, then it's just up to the person and to the couple and to the family uh, to experience as they're ready, mm-hmm. what they need. So um, we'll fast forward a little bit uh, to um, the place where you find, okay, you're sensing God's call to step into uh, ministry again. And, uh, and what was that like, uh, as, as you, uh, kind of worked through that and, and trusted the Lord in that? Yeah, Tom, that was, that was a hard question. It's, uh, or that is a hard question. It was, uh, one of the, one of the areas that, uh, Chuck, uh, spoke with me about probably around month one of the six month pastor in residence, um, that one of the benefits of the pastor residence is that you're on staff. So, so when you go to candidate, you're not candidate, you're not candidating like I was on staff, but now I'm not. Mm. And, 
So it, there's, a, there's an emotional, psychological, if you will, um, positioning that is purely from a human side. It helps. It's psychologically, mm -hmm. emotionally, it's helpful. The second is um, Chuck made himself and the elders available uh, to be a part of my candidating process, uh, which I've done with PIRs. Uh, when they've made their transitions uh, to candidate uh, where, so when we came to, or before we came to the church we're at or, or recently retired from up here in Seattle. Um, yeah. The, uh, the search committee was able to talk to Dr. Wickman mm -hmm. and, and to, I think one of the elders. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that we had named and had walked through and worked through, they were able to, and I gave them permission is, say whatever answer any questions that they they had so they were able to speak into it in a way that that would have been harder for me to to do i spoke into it but they were able able to give that you know that um third person objective spiritual leadership um that covering mm -hmm. uh as an elder board and as ascending church, mm -hmm. um, that was very significant for me. It was very, and, and I have to say, this was very significant for my wife as well, that we were being sent. Yeah, there, there's a, a sense that, that there's a, a continuity of call in all of that. It, it's not call interrupted and now I need to get back to it. It's no, I've been living that all out. Yes. And so you were called to um, Highlands Community Church. Am I getting that right? That's correct. Highlands Community Church in Seattle. In Renton, Washington, south end of Lake Washington, just a suburb of, of uh, Seattle proper. And served, uh, called as lead pastor, is that correct? Yes. You didn't just leave your PIR experience behind when you went there. Didn't. Wounded healers tend to heal, right? He, he healed people heal people. Mm. Um, and it's just one of those majestic things that the Spirit of God does in a person's life he takes those wounds and pain and he's he actually works his best in other people's lives through our wounds so yeah when i was i've been there a year and one of the uh in our community one of the uh, pastors had conflict in his church uh he exited the, uh, his church i knew him previously and, and had, to, had, had a, if you will, because I went to school with him. So I had a school friendship with him. Uh, so when he exited uh, the church, it was, again, it was painful. And man, I could identify with his pain. Yeah. Circumstances were different, but it still was so much the same. So I um, went to the elders and said, we have an exited pastor. I was on the recipient. They knew about the PIR. Uh, pastor mm -hmm. in residence program from their interviewing of me, mm -hmm. um, but hadn't thought about ever starting a program because didn't know what that involved. I didn't either. Right. <clears throat> this guy called Chuck on the phone and said, Chuck, <laughs> I've got a guy. He needs what you did to me. <laughs> How do I do to him what he did, you did to me? And I use that language. Uh, How do we replicate yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Well, it was, I didn't know. And he said, well, I'll send you this stuff. Uh, he said, but it's, but what you're going to find is it's not in the, it's not in the manuals. It's, it's gotta be, and he talked to me. We said, what do you, what's your heart saying to you about your friend? And I said, well, I just want him to know that he could come to a church and not have to do anything, but heal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 
do you know that's it's up and that and that word to doing to someone became a what can we do for hmm. how can we serve you yeah. and so chuck began to coach me um through language um through core values uh help me see the the bigger picture of really who he was and what he he envisioned around PIR. Yes, what I had experienced. But now I had, and it was a sacred opportunity to, to now turn and hold uh, another pastor, his wife. Uh, he likewise had three kids, two daughters and a son. And to invite them into our church. And we're in the same community. So now we're not only holding him, but we're also holding inter-church relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a profound experience. Uh, that six-month, first six-month pastor in residence became a one-year mm-hmm. pastor in residence. And when he was, uh, when he completed it, um, he left the ministry. But I said to him before he left, I can see in you that God has put a heart. Very similar words that my dad had said to me. Um, I said them to him because I saw them. I said, God has given you heart. I don't know how long... Uh, you are going to be out of the ministry, um, but the time very well may come where you're ready to re-enter the ministry. When you do, send me your resume. Mm-hmm. And if I'm among the first, that'd be awesome, but I don't have to be the first. <laughs> send me your resume. Will you do that? And he said yes. So he had started a business in that one year. He became an electrician, started hit his uh, business uh, moved out of the area to Spokane, uh, opened up and became a very successful uh, electrical business. And almost to the year, got a resume in the mail. (laughs) Re-entered the ministry, which is a whole nother story of of what happened in and around that. Well, Jim and Sean, we'll look forward to how that story unfolded in our next episode. Our thanks to Dr. Jim Amandus for sharing from his restoration journey and pointing us all to the hope of Christ. PIR Ministries partners with God and the church in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration to cultivate new hope for healthy ministry lives. You can learn more about us at our webpage, pirministries.org. Thanks for joining us for Hope Renewed. And remember, the hope Christ offers will never put us to shame. Thank you.